0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Visit crawfordmediagroup.net and click on their banners to donate. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush.
1: Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Happy to have all the guys with us, uh, John and Roger, Neil, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Very good. How are you, Bob? Bob. Uh, Doing very well, thank you. This week, a couple different big things happening in the news that we're going to be talking about. First... President Biden and his classified documents issue. We're going to analyze that, try to determine the difference between this and Donald Trump and the Mar-a-Lago thing, and so we'll, we'll examine everything connected to that. And then secondly, in this podcast, we are going to talk about what happens in the House of Representatives now that Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House and... Do we look at the original 20, the obstruction the original 20 was doing and going, well, maybe just maybe they were right after all? I don't know. We'll, we'll explore that. So a lot of things to talk about. But let's start with the, the classified documents. So what happened, everybody, is that when Joe Biden was vice president, he apparently took with him by accident or on purpose. We don't know yet. He says by accident. There were several classified documents during the Obama-Biden administration and we don't know how many at this point. CBS is reporting it's 10. It could be more than 10. We'll see. But they were being kept in a closet in the Penn-Biden Center, which is the think tank office of Joe Biden at the University of Pennsylvania. This was uncovered by Biden's private attorneys six days before the midterm election. However, they chose not to say anything about it. Let's not make it public. Let's get through the midterms. As a matter of fact, they haven't said anything for the last couple of months, which you do have to wonder why. Could it possibly have something to do with Republicans are now in control of the House? They're going to launch investigative committees. And this is the kind of thing that they could potentially uncover. Who knows? But bottom line, the uh, the documents were discovered. They were handed over to the National Archives, uh, which then now begs the question, What should happen to Joe Biden how should this be treated? Because as you know, Mar-a-Lago, which is the private residence of Donald Trump, the former president of the United States, had over two dozen armed FBI agents storm and raid his private residence going through their drawers, their closets going through the underwear drawer of the former first lady, going through the closets and drawers of the bedroom of his teenage son. This is a former president of the United States because after all, we're so shocked and outraged at the idea of Donald Trump having classified documents, right? So you look at Joe Biden, it's like, well, wait a minute here. He's got classified documents also. Why isn't this being treated the same? And, Uh, One thing I've noticed, guys, we'll start going around the table here in a minute, but one thing I've noticed is the media is doing everything they can to try to create an apples-to-oranges situation out of this. They say, well, uh, Joe Biden's number of documents is a lot less than Donald Trump's. Uh, Okay, big deal. If it's illegal classified documents, then why should that even matter? Another thing we're hearing is, well, Joe Biden at least has cooperated with the national archives, whereas Donald Trump did not. Okay. That's actually not true because Donald Trump did cooperate with the national archives and turned over many documents to them, but there were some that he didn't turn over because he disputed them and said, I don't think you're entitled to those. I think that I'm entitled to those to ultimately be part of my presidential library. All presidents, when they leave office, have disputes with the National Archives about what documents they should have to turn over versus which ones they don't. Barack Obama spent over $30 million in legal fees fighting the National Archives about documents that he didn't think he should have to turn over. Another thing I heard, this is what uh, M- NBC's analysis was, that, well, it's different because Joe Biden's documents were found in a private office connected with business, whereas Donald Trump's was found in a residence. Uh, and so that's a, why in the world does that matter if you're in possession of classified documents? If they're looking for a true apples to oranges example – my apples to oranges example would be this. It is different. You want to know why? Because Donald Trump was president of the United States, which means he had the authority to declassify documents before he took them. Joe Biden was vice president. He did not have that authority. To me, that's probably the biggest difference between these two. But uh, question becomes, How does this? how is this handled going forward? What should the Republicans do about this? How big of a deal should be made about this? And the dishonest spinning from the media. So that's kind of my overview on all of this. Now let's go around the, the table and talk about it a little bit. Neil, I want to start with you. Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, your thoughts, your take, your analysis on the, the classified documents and the way that this is being handled by the Democrats and the press.
2: Well, it's not surprising that the mainstream media is doing everything they possibly can to downplay the story and to. You know remove any thought in people's mind that maybe this is anything like uh, what happened with donald trump that's just a given we understand that's how the mainstream media operates on the other hand who knows this could be really serious uh, i immediately questions come to my mind um, why were they at the penn biden center in the first place for what purpose i, I heard one news report that indicated that. The president, uh, and of course, he was former vice president under uh, Obama, that he was thinking about writing a book and maybe working on that, that maybe that had something to do with it. But either way, uh, there's some major differences here. Uh, He has no right to declassify documents as a former vice president. Um, Only a, a president would have that authority. Why he has the documents in the first place. And then other questions like, Who runs the Penn Biden Center? Who funds this place? And some of the documents apparently are reported to be about Ukraine and Iran. Um, How come Ukraine keeps showing up in every story about the Bidens? You know, going back to the Hunter Biden thing with Burisma. So I think there's some major questions. There needs to be an investigation. And we need to get to the bottom of it because this could be potentially incredibly serious. Is the president himself compromised in some fashion? We need to know that.
1: I know. You know what? We do. You're absolutely right. And we've got a lot to unpack here as we do. We're going to get John in on this. We're going to get Roger in on this. And so there's a lot to talk about as we analyze this. As we're having this discussion, though, we want to make sure that everybody is aware. As you listen to this podcast, we want you to multitask on something. Number one, uh, yes, listen to what we're saying, and we we welcome your, your comments and your reviews and such. But there's another thing we want you to do. We want you to partner with preborn. You hear us talking about preborn all the time. That's part of this podcast, folks. Remember, preborn partners with pro life pregnancy centers all across the country to show ultrasound images of unborn babies to those expectant moms. And statistically, when a woman sees an ultrasound image of her baby, do you know she chooses life 83% of the time? I mean, let's face it, that's the first picture she's seen of her baby. So when ultrasound images are shown to women, it stops abortions. Here's the thing. Ultrasound images don't come free, okay? They cost money. And the average cost calculated to stop one abortion to save one baby's life is $28. So that's why we're asking everybody listening to us right now, would you give $280 one time to pre-born and be responsible for stopping 10 abortions? Would you save 10 babies' lives? Is it worth 10 lives for $280? Here's how simple this is. You can go online right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And click on the pre-born tab. You can give right there. And you know, every dime of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. Right, this is pre-born, folks. Now, if you could do more than that, we'd love you to do more. Maybe you can do $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives. But for your average person, we're asking you for 280, 10 babies' lives. Would you prayerfully consider that right now? Again, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the pre-born tab. You can give right there. Now, if you want to give over the phone, the answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's the number, 833-850-BABY. And call right now, 833-850-BABY baby. Remember folks, every year, tens of thousands of abortions are stopped through pre-born and thousands upon thousands of these women are accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior every year. This is what Preborn does. They've done it for a long time, but it takes money. That's where you come in. So would you give right now? CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. We appreciate you folks doing that. As we continue the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, right now talking about Joe Biden's classified documents, John Rush Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Your immediate take and analysis on this, what's standing out to you?
3: Well, I think what Neil said is, is spot on. You've got a president that I feel, and I think a lot of others do as well, that not the left, of course, is compromised. We know who he's been in bed with in the past. It's why, you know, Jim Jordan wants to start some of the investigations as to what was on Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, what does that do when it, you know, as far as tying the president into foreign entities and things along those lines? What are these documents? Is there 10? Is there 100? I mean, at this point, Nobody knows. Yeah, there's been a few things thrown around. The press, to you guys's point, is doing everything possible to bury this story so that nobody really knows. And, and I think, again, Neil brought up a really great point. When you're VP, you have no power to declassify anything. So those classified documents were in his possession this entire time. This, I know you're not going to hear this from the press. This is a much bigger deal than the classified documents that were in Trump's possession.
1: Right. Well, and by the way, this tends to be John the MO of today's Democratic Party and certainly the media and and that is if somebody has classified documents or mishandles them, how big of an issue is it? Well, before I answer that question, I need to know is this a Republican or a Democrat? Exactly is this right. person's name yes. Hillary? Is this person's name Joe Biden? Because that's entirely different than if their name is Trump. And we just yeah. cannot have a two-tiered justice system. Yeah. This- are the
3: hard drives from Trump or from or are they from Hillary? Are the classified documents from Trump or are they from Biden? To your point, Bob, we we have a we have different layers. of of a law and order system in this country, depending upon who you are. That's not the way this is supposed to work ever.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to imagine, I'm just trying to imagine Donald Trump uh, deleting 33,000 email after they were subpoenaed by Congress and then having his hard drives subpoenaed and having them acid-washed with bleach bit, having his handheld devices subpoenaed and then after subpoena, having the SIM cards removed, destroyed, shredded and then having the phones themselves smashed with actual physical steel hammers you get at Home Depot. I'm trying to imagine Donald Trump doing stuff like this. You can't. That's what Hillary did. She got a pass and so now here we are suddenly with uh you know with joe biden and once again hey let's get the pass well uh roger roger marsh of course the bottom line out of the people's republic of california it looks like the house republicans though they control the house they control the committees and they are saying right now no this is absolutely going to be investigated
4: Has to be. I mean, it really honestly has to be. I mean, just for the simple three letter designation, SCI sensitive compartmented information. I mean, the fact that Joe Biden, they're only saying, okay, it was 10 files, not that big a deal. I'm looking at the timing. Even The New York Times looked at the timing and said, hey, wait a minute, guys, your attorneys just happened to find this stuff six seven eight days before the uh, midterm election knowing how contentious that would be oh by the way on the down low passes it on and the justice department kind of sits on it for a couple of months now after the congress is all sworn in and everything's moving ahead oh by the way guys did we forgot to tell you about these 10 files you know but but, no (laughs) not to worry because he's working on a book you see and it's okay i had the misfortune of watching cnn yesterday and I say misfortunately, because, I mean, I know we all routinely watch, uh, you know, a variety of different newscasts and read uh, different sources as well to try to get the information that we're looking for. But my goodness, I, I could not believe what i was hearing is the you know the panel of experts and the host t- literally talking to their audience like they were kindergartners you know you know well, now, we don't have to worry about this boys and girls because president biden made a mistake and it was an honest mistake and he owned his mistake donald trump is the evil satan and he was hiding all sorts of things and he was ready to start world war three at miralago but wait pay no attention to the sci designation on these documents that the biden administration was hiding Basically, I mean, yeah, the, for lack of a better, when you're a public official, as you noted, Bob, at the outset, every president's going to have some kind of contention with the archives. But at the same time, Joe Biden, in this case, vice president before becoming president, we're talking about the second term he was vice president in the Obama administration and documentation that basically ties him to some sensitive areas that, oh, by the way, might be in the news these days. I mean, how many gazillions of dollars are we sending to Ukraine and how much of a personal interest does the president have in that? It's shocking.
1: Right. Well, and and I guess what's what's concerning for me also about this whole thing, Roger, is the the nature of the two tier justice system we have in this country. Because you, you've got not only this, this is just the latest example of this. All right, classified documents. Well, it depends on whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Mm-hmm. But there's also the other investigations that the House needs to do, like the weaponizing, for example, of the Justice Department, the FBI against conservatives. What we have watched pro-lifers being attacked. We've watched individuals' liberties and freedoms being taken away, Roger, by a Justice Department that is targeting them, targeting specifically the political enemies of the Democratic Party. Uh, This is a really troubling thing, and this is why it does seem to me that we've got to take action, the Republicans in the House have to take action, but all across America, as conservatives, as Christians, as pro-lifers, we need to stand up and fight back and say, you know what, enough is enough. We are not going to allow our individual freedoms and liberties to be denied us in a two-tiered justice. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm so thankful for Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, and, and I know you talk about them uh, a lot, Roger. The fact is this is the time when we need everybody to step up and say, look, we're going we're gonna to fight for our rights. We're going to fight for America.
4: Yeah, well, you saw this happen in the midterm elections, where there were a lot of local school boards, for example, who were, you know, right. The parents were outraged at the fact that, like in Virginia, you know, the, the the number of kids who are being subjected to these types of uh, pornographic materials and things of that nature as their quote unquote regular reading assignments. And so more and more parents started running for school boards, and that's fantastic. But where these, you know, where, where you get the the legs to do something like that is in the legal uh, system, and that's where we are grateful that uh, Alliance Defending Freedom is the largest. Religious liberty fighting organization in the country. They're the oldest. They're the most established. They were at the Supreme Court last month arguing the 303 uh, creative case. Uh, Kristen Wagner, who's the president of ADF, also was the attorney who was arguing before the high court. And we obviously encourage our NCR listeners to uh, get involved in this whole process, to make a donation to support Alliance Defending Freedom so they can continue to do the work that they have been called to do, defending innocent uh, parents, uh, business owners, people of, uh, of of all different walks of life fight for religious liberties that are guaranteed and actually enshrined in the Constitution, unlike abortive rights that were kind of invented uh, out of different mm-hmm. amendments and cobbled, cobbled together like a ransom note. Uh, when you make a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom, you're protecting not only the religious liberty of all Americans, but there's going to come a point where it's going to be bright in our backyard, bright in our faces. And that's why we have a banner up at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner, and you can make a donation there $100 completely tax deductible, maybe $250, maybe $10,000 if you feel so led, because these legal defenses are very, very expensive. You can also donate over the phone at 877 367 6461. But, Bob, you know, as we look at what's happening here, and we know that the Biden administration, you know, Joe Biden's personal attorneys are the ones who are handing these over and trying to walk this through and get it under the radar, they're going to get coverage from the media. I mean, in terms of cover, you know, for protective cover. But the more that we here on NCR are talking about issues like this and our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom standing up and bringing these issues to light, the the more our religious liberties really are being protected, uh, not just to win court cases, but to really defend the quality of life that God has provided for us here in this nation.
1: Absolutely. No, you're so right. And uh, as we talk about the Joe Biden classified documents issue, John, I am curious to get your take on the Ukraine and China aspect of this. Uh, First of all, Yes, it's it's being reported that some of these documents have to deal with information on Ukraine. And I think to myself, well, look, I don't want to read too much into this yet. But the cynical part of me says, hold on a second. We know about the corruption that was going on when Joe Biden was vice president involving Ukraine. We know he openly bragged about threatening to withhold a billion dollars in loan guarantees to Ukraine if they didn't fire the prosecutor that happened to be investigating Burisma that was paying millions of dollars to his son Hunter, that his laptop says the big guy, which we know now is his dad, thanks to Tony Boblinski, was getting a 10% cut. And so here's classified information about Ukraine. He was in charge of Ukraine policy. And just coincidentally, that happens to be what accidentally is being hidden in this in this office at the Biden Center. So that makes me go, okay, come on, that's a pretty big coincidence. And then number two, the issue of China. There's some reports now that anonymous Chinese donors had funded $54 million to this. Uh, Biden Penn Center, this Penn Biden Center, to in essence the office of Joe Biden's here. If that's true, if China was funneling that kind of money, the very same China that gave a $1.5 billion sweetheart deal through one of their bank subsidiaries to Hunter Biden while Joe Biden was vice president, uh, he's up to his eyebrows in potential corruption regarding China and Ukraine. And those two countries happen to be connected to this. I think that's got to be looked into.
3: Yeah, and and to those of us on this side of the aisle, not shocking. These are some of the things actually we've been talking about for quite some time. This is just the, you know, a lot of times I think people think, oh, you guys are just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. None of this stuff really ever goes on. Well, here's your smoking gun, actually. It does. And I, I think your key word a moment ago, Bob, is really key hide where you know are these documents being hidden and if so for what reason my point is yes i think they are being hidden why are they now just being discovered and why did these attorneys bring them forward that i have no answers to let's not forget one last detail in all this as far as money funneling goes guys that is the taxpayer money that has gone to ukraine that came back to the democrats joe biden himself through ftx one last detail there
1: Yeah, you know what? Very true, very true. Now, Neil, your thoughts on the China and Ukraine thing and the fact that it looks like, at least, I'm not saying this is what happened, maybe Joe Biden's right and this is just all accidental, but it sure looks like they were being hidden someplace where nobody would be able to get access to this information. And the problem is, even though they're found... We're not going to be able to know what's in those documents because they're still classified. Joe Biden certainly isn't going to declassify them. So who knows what kind of stuff is in there about Ukraine and possibly even about China that is problematic for Joe Biden. They're, they're able to keep this stuff classified.
2: Well, no one can know for sure, obviously, what's in those documents until they're made public or until somebody does a full-scale investigation. But it certainly raises the questions that you're alluding to. You know uh, is there key information in there that would incriminate joe biden and his involvement with china or ukraine is there information in there that somehow is being made available to china or ukraine or someone else Um, and, and which also raises the question you can say they're in a locked closet but who, upon visiting that office, is given access periodically from time to right. time Are there records kept about who's going in and out of that, that room? And again, to come back to what you guys already discussed, but I just want to say I can't even believe that no one's raising the red flag or at least making more noise about the fact that this information was hidden from the American people prior to the last election right i mean, something clearly is going on that doesn't look right and and for his lawyers supposedly to tell him uh, hey Joe we found these documents Uh, they they're classified and of course you don't have the right to declassify them but don't ask what are don't ask what's in these documents that wouldn't be good don't ask about it I mean the first thing anybody's gonna say is wait what documents what's in them what are they what do they include and the president of the united states isn't allowed to ask th- that question something fishy's going on and it need- we need to get to the bottom of it
1: i know it's cynical but i just i don't believe him i don't believe for a second that they just happen to coincidentally stumble upon these six days before the election and then keep it quiet, not say anything about it until let's get through the midterms. And once we're through the midterms, let's get through the transition. And then once we're through transition and now the Republicans are in control and now Kevin McCarthy's been seated and now they're getting ready to launch their investigations and dig into every orifice of Biden and his operations and everything vice president and I, I can't help but wonder if if they didn't know that, look, part of what the Republicans are going to be investigating is what information might exist at the Penn Biden Center, any other of his offices or something like that. And they got sat around and said, you know what, this is going to come out. Let's get ahead of this story and let's say, oh, we just found it now. You know, yeah, cynically, <laughs> I suspect that. But now I can't prove that. It's possible that this is all just as innocent as it's being claimed. but. You know, Roger, I got to be honest with you, that that it just is not passing the smell test for me. The timing of this seems like, okay, you guys are getting ready to investigate every single nook and cranny of Joe Biden and his operation. Well, what do you know? Look what we accidentally uncovered two months ago.
4: You know, it's interesting. This, I, it almost seems to me, I mean, call me cynical. It almost seems to me like they put this out here, as you mentioned, to get ahead of it because they were anticipating that the speakership would go to Kevin McCarthy without the 20, you know, descending. Yeah, heads. good, point, good point. coming up. And all of a sudden, it, if this will be kind of a rhino test for Kevin McCarthy to see <laughs> would he have done this if those 20 hadn't uh, raised their voices. And I know in the second half of the podcast, we're going to drill down a little bit more on that. But I just I'm sitting here listening to all the great dialogue here today and, and wondering that very thought You know, whether to Kevin McCarthy. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out and if it would have played out the way we think it's going to, as far as the investigation goes, knowing that people have that concern about Kevin
1: McCarthy. Hey, uh, John, real quick, in just about 30 seconds, how big of a deal is the Chinese? part of this. I, I can't help, I mean, if, if, if anonymous Chinese donors, if we find out that they've given $50 million to all kinds of think tanks across the country, well, you know, okay, fine. But I, I, I have a feeling we're going to find out that they were very selective, and this happened to be one of them that they selected, and I, yeah, I want to yeah. know why.
3: You know, very big, and, and uh, I, I talked yesterday on our program about, and again, I know it's, it sounds a little conspiratorial, but given what was at stake in the 2020 elections, isn't it ironic that we had a virus released from China at a time that dismantled that election mm. and ended mm. up with Joe Biden as president instead of Donald Trump? Yeah,
1: it's a very good point. In the second half of this podcast, folks, we're going to be diving into... The issue of Kevin McCarthy, the speakership, uh, the 20, and all that we're challenging him and all of that. So there's a lot more to unpack in the second half. In the meantime, as you listen to this podcast, just a reminder, we need you to give to pre-born right now because we want to stop abortions. We want to save babies' lives. We know you folks do too. And by the way, a lot of our listeners have given to pre-born, and we very much appreciate that. For the rest of you, maybe 2023 is the year to say our legacy in our family, our business is we've stopped X number of abortions. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life by showing ultrasound images of those babies to the expectant moms. That's what Preborn does with pro-life centers all across the country. They've done this for a long time, but it takes money. Like I say, 28 bucks stops one abortion. We're asking you to give $280 one time to stop 10 abortions. And if you could do more, do more. Hey, we'd love it if you can give you know, $2,800 and stop 100 abortions, whatever you can afford to do. But 280 for 10 is kind of the minimum we're asking of everybody. Would you do that right now? Just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Give right there. And if you want to give over the phone, they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. We appreciate you folks doing that. The second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast coming up next. You can listen to the second half. On your regular radio station, but if they play it at a different time, you may have to go to the program guide of your radio station's website and see when they play the second half. Otherwise, just listen online, CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcast Stitcher, tune in wherever you listen. You can also watch video of this podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Second half, coming up next.
0: This has been a Crawford Media Group production.
1: Continuing the second half the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys. Roger Marsh of the Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger, or John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. And the second half of the podcast, we're going to talk about all things Kevin McCarthy, his speakership. By the way, before we dive into this, can I just say, Neil Boron, your quick thoughts on... Damar Hamlin and his miraculous recovery. Uh, The reports have been that his brain was was without oxygen for nine minutes. Brain damage starts setting in at three minutes. And the doctors, they're not using words like miraculous, but you do wonder, Neil, about the millions of people across this country that were praying for him and whether or not God hasn't stepped in and performed a miracle. Because in the natural, it doesn't seem like he should have been released from the hospital last Friday walking out of the hospital and it doesn't seem like the doctor should be saying that there are no signs of neurological damage at this point.
2: Yeah, he actually was uh, released um, Monday, I believe. Well, was it Monday? I thought it was yeah, last it was Friday. Monday. Okay, okay. So uh, during the Bills game last week when they were playing the Patriots, the uh, final game of the regular season, he was still
1: in the University Oh, you're of right, you're right. I Medical saw the Medical image center. of that. You're right, thanks. So
2: he's been released to a Buffalo uh, Trauma Center here, the Erie County Medical, I'm sorry, the uh, Buffalo General Hospital uh, Trauma Center, and... Um, and he's under observation there. They're doing some final testing. But he's scheduled to be released and probably will be released by either tomorrow or Friday. So uh, so all of that's miraculous. I mean, everything that, that went down is unbelievable. Nobody's ever witnessed anything like that. But there's a strong sense, Bob, that something really amazing was going on. I've never heard uh, Josh Allen indicate where he stands spiritually. He's the quarterback of the Bills and one of the most popular players probably in the world, let alone the NFL. Um, uh, well-respected athlete and so forth, but he's not one who wears his you know, faith in God on his sleeve. I don't even know if he has faith in God. Other players are more vocal about their relationship with God, but Josh Allen was speechless the other day, saying that when uh, the opening kickoff against the Patriots was returned for a touchdown, mm-hmm. which, by the way, hadn't happened for the Bills in three years and three months. is number three. There's, I mean, there's number threes everywhere in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I, I, I don't have any conclusion except God is real. I'm I'm Mm. convinced God is real. We've seen something that can't happen. Like, this doesn't happen in real life. And that's the general sense. I mean, you've got um, professional sports announcers saying, can we pause and pray on national television? When have you ever seen that? So it's like God pulled the curtain back for a moment to say, I want people to pay attention to what the value of just a single human life looks like. I mean, we see earthquakes and I mean there's there's been death in California there was death here as a result of the blizzard that just happened 9-11 plane crashes you know people die all the time and sometimes in, in big numbers but how important is a human life to God and for some reason in that moment the NFL was ground to a halt all everyone watching on national television saw this individual fighting for his life and we all decided that prayer mattered in fact I've, I screenshotted a friend of mine who I know is an atheist who posted something on my own Facebook page saying, would you remember to keep praying for Damar Hamlin? He's not out of the woods yet. hes I mean, he's remarkably better, by the way, uh, but he's not completely out of the woods. So mm-hmm. you've got atheists begging other people to pray. So God's doing something special. I can't say exactly what it is, but Damar Hamlin's a believer, and I think the final chapter hasn't been written here. God is truly stirring hearts for this season for a particular reason. I mean, the season of time, and I don't understand exactly what it is, but as believers— we should do everything we can to cooperate with what God seems to be doing here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Neil. So listen, we're going to dive into the Kevin McCarthy thing. And uh, before we do, I do want to take one more moment here and remind everybody about pre-born because uh, in just a moment, we're going to talk about the 20 and whether the 20 have been vindicated and proven right. And I have a, bad feeling that I may end up going into the octagon with John here. We'll see uh, so I need to get my weedies and and catch my breath. but before we do, I, I just I want to ask you folks to give that two hundred and eighty dollars. To stop ten abortions through preborn, if you would, so just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and you can give right there. Remember, two hundred and eighty dollars shows ultrasound images to these moms, and they choose life when they see ultrasound images of their babies. Twenty-eight dollars stops one abortion. That's the average price. Two eighty stops ten. We're asking everybody to stop ten, and if you could do more than that, do more than that. Listen, some of you out there have been financially blessed by God or maybe you run a business and you can afford to buy an entire ultrasound machine. Would you prayerfully consider doing that? It's $15,000 and your legacy is going to be stopping thousands and thousands of abortions. Would you consider that right now? Whether you're that individual or whether you're the rest of us who can do $280, give right now. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on pre-born and you can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead, not a dime. You can also give over the phone. And they answer the phones 24-7. So call right now, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Would you give right now? Let's, let's stop these abortions, folks. It takes money to do it. Okay, so Kevin McCarthy, is Speaker of the House now. And the 20 from the House Freedom Caucus, they, as you know, were holding up his speakership, refusing to vote for him, voting for other people because they had a list of several demands. And they, in essence, was telling Kevin McCarthy, we are not going to allow you to possibly become a Mitch McConnell kind of rhino. And so we're gonna, in essence, tie your hands and we're gonna make you put in writing some agreements that you have to agree to ahead of time about how the rules are run in the house. So you have to align yourself more with us, not with the rhinos. Kevin McCarthy is saying, trust me, I will. And they were in essence saying, no, we don't trust you. Okay, trust but verify, as Ronald Reagan used to say. Now, last week we talked about this. And we were pretty much all in agreement, especially John and myself, that the 20 were wrong. We stand with them in principle, What we disagree with them in their methods, that they were wrong. They should have just went ahead and voted uh, Kevin McCarthy in. Well, the bottom line, I look now at what we have. Kevin McCarthy is in place, and not only is he in place, but we also have in place the things that they were pretty much demanding. Okay, And so now Kevin McCarthy is, in fact, required to uh, govern and rule as Speaker of the House in a way that's much more Freedom Caucus friendly. So I think to myself, okay, if I had a choice, Kevin McCarthy without acquiescing to the demands or Kevin McCarthy after having acquiesced, I would much rather have the Kevin McCarthy now than to have the Kevin McCarthy – who would have been in there two weeks ago. With that said, I am forced to re-examine my opposition of the 20, and I'm forced, John, to say, I may have been wrong about this, maybe the 20 have been vindicated, and isn't isn't it very likely that we need to say we were wrong, they were right, because the bottom line, it paid off, and we gotta look at the results, and the results are positive, so, John, weren't you There's and I wrong risk. last week? I know no, it was a risk, no, but it no, paid I, off.
3: I'm not, I'm not going to say we were wrong last week because I think the risk was still very, very high. Yes, it worked out very well. Although, and you, you even talked about this in a lot of the commentary you put out last week, Bob, it could have very well gone the other direction. So uh, did we dodge a bullet? Yes, I think we did. Did we get what we wanted? Yes, we did. Would I have done it differently strategy-wise? Absolutely, I would have. My biggest fear... And my biggest complaint, I guess I should say, with with those types, that, that freedom caucus type, which I agree with everything they stand for. My problem, and I've talked about it now for you know weeks on end. I don't like their strategy and I'm not sure there is any.
1: Well, here's the thing, okay? Their strategy? It did work. Whether we want to admit it or not, their strategy worked. Kevin McCarthy did acquiesce. And and let's face it, it, when we look at a football coach, we know this, all right? Football, it, it's fourth and three. Does he go for it or does he not go for it? All right. If If he gets it, if he gets it, if he gets the touchdown, he's a hero. What a brilliant strategist. If he loses, what an idiot. Okay? Right. And so... Risk comes with it. Donald Trump is a huge risk taker. Look at the risk that Donald Trump took in many different areas. Moving the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, oh, that was a risk because that could have caused the Middle East to blow up, but it turns out it paid off. So don't we have to say, it was a calculated risk. We were afraid it would backfire, it did not backfire. Therefore, they were right to take the risk. Uh, I don't look, I'm not saying how stupid could we have been for being against what they were doing. What I'm what I'm saying is, no, no, you know we, weren't, what?
3: we weren't against it in principle. We were just right. against the strategy they were taking to do it.
1: Well, I' at this point, if I could go back in a time machine, then I would want to tell myself, don't oppose it, support it because it's going to work. Well, I'm glad I, I they did mind, it. I'm glad keep they in mind, did it. Bob,
3: we also don't have the inside edge that a lot of them have and and maybe they don't do a good enough job of communicating to the likes of us on what some of that inside baseball mm-hmm. is. I mean, we're not there. We're not on the floor. We don't hear all the things going on. We don't hear all the other rumblings and so on. We're looking at it from the outside in and analyzing it that way, and if we were there, maybe we'd have the same opinion of it, you know, last week that that right. they did. Again, Given the information that we had last week and looking at what the risks were, how could you change your position?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I, I can change my position based on the outcome. However, uh, you do bring up a very fair point. It is possible, and now I'm really speculating, but it is possible that Lauren Boebert, okay, right there in your backyard, and Matt Gates and the rest of them, it is possible that they were talking with McCarthy or McCarthy's people, and they had inside information that McCarthy was going to cave, but that McCarthy at least needed to stand strong for a little bit to Correct. appease the rhinos Correct. so that he doesn't get perceived by the rhinos as a, a as a uh, Freedom Caucus guy. And so he may have said, you know what, let's take this a few rounds. I am going to cave, but you can't expect me to cave right away because I still got to deal with the centrists in the party.
3: And those are the things we don't know and probably. Right, we don't know that. You might read a book twenty years from now that explained that, but we have no idea right now. And and
1: that may be the case, but I I just I look at this right now and I say, the fact is, I I'm glad the twenty did what they did, and whether it was backdoor dealing or whether it was just a calculated risk on their part that they believed McCarthy would cave and they were proven right. The fact is, they were proven right. I was proven wrong, and I got to admit, I'm I'm glad. That they defied what I thought they should have done because we're better off now because of the defiance Can't that they did. That. So I, I, I uh, let's go around, Roger. What's what's your thought on that? Because I look, John and I especially were very strongly against this twenty last week, and now I'm like, I got to swallow the pride pill and go. You know what? They were right, and I was wrong. I got to suck it up and say I'm glad they did what they did. Yeah, I think it was a
4: calculated risk. I mean, I, I kept looking at the 20 and thinking, who are these people? I mean, are they are they trying to get a point across or are they being, you know, kind of useful idiots in terms of, Lauren, Lauren Boebert barely won her election, so she's mm-hmm. kind of expendable. So if this goes sideways, if it goes off the rails, same with Matt Gates. I think toward the end of this uh, conversation, you know, where they all voted present, you know, put their foot down and then they were on the talk. Well,
1: six of here. them did, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. The, the idea right. that that's like, yeah, we won and we got this big victory. Uh, the more you guys were discussing it, I was far more inclined to lean toward the I. something about this felt a little set up a little staged because McCarthy has to deal with the McConnell crowd he's got to deal with the rhino crowd the old mm-hmm. guard you know that basically killed mm-hmm. the elections and st- stemmed off the red wave you know that they were that we all thought was coming and uh, McConnell made sure that that didn't happen by what monies went out to different elections and so you know it's one of those things where you look at this and say okay how, there's a strategy involved here how do you play the game i know it's one of the things we talk about a lot here with alliance defending freedom the fact that there there is a strategy there's a method to the madness and oftentimes you wonder why is this case going forward why is that case going forward but their track record you know, in dealing with this two-tier justice system, if you will, track record before the Supreme Court, getting cases heard by the court, and then their 80% success rate. I mean, that in and of itself speaks for itself and says, yeah, there's a lot more going on than we actually see. And isn't it nice to know we have an organization like Alliance Defending Freedom, who's literally defending our freedoms. I mean, in doing mm-hmm. so in a court of law, whether it's in the pro-life community, this new uh, lawsuit that they have against the FDA for the so-called safe and legal abortion pill that was never FDA approved, never FDA tested. I mean, the idea that they would t- fight off anything with COVID, you know, the uh, CDC saying, "No, oh, that wasn't approved for this use. And then they've been using this abortion pill for 20 years without mm-hmm. doing their proper due diligence. That's why Alliance Defending Freedom is, I-, I think, so worthy of our support. And I encourage all of our NCR listeners to go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net click on the banner for Alliance Defending Freedom, make a donation to support this kind of religious liberty because they get it. Not only do they understand the legal side from behind the scenes, but then in terms of helping us to get the good information when you go to adflegal.org and you can look at the uh, the cases that they're covering. You can see how it's presented because you recall last week, my only objection to what they were doing was I thought the presentation was really sloppy. It just looked like infighting in front, in front of the whole world on the main stage. And I think it did get a little intense when they were you know, on ballot number 12, 13, 14. I think at some point they're saying, look guys, this is WWE and it's scripted. I'm supposed to win, but you know, if you're going to get a couple of takedowns here. Why are we still on the 15th ballot, you know, and this is still going on. But it's nice to know that Alliance Defending Freedom is handling the legal side of our religious liberty cases on so many different levels, and giving us that uh, assurance that we know that if a case does wind up going to trial, there's an organization that would defend us individually, would us our defend our communities, and of course our Christian faith. So, um, I, 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 I'm Bob. I'm with you. You know, I'm, I'm 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 willing to eat what part of my hat I still have left. You know, with regard to this, <laughs> I'm glad they got done what they got done. I would have loved to have seen them do it in a Maybe more effective way that didn't look as sloppy and off the rails as it did, but who knows? Maybe when President Matt Gates is going through his undocumented files in his uh, uh, University of Massachusetts or Florida library, you know, years from now, we'll find out what really happened you
1: know, during this big. Right. Period. Well, you know what I. <laughs> I've eaten so much of my hat over things like I, I said that Donald Trump would never in a million years get the nomination back then, let alone win the presidency. And, you know, and now this one, and my hat's starting to look like Jed Clampett's, you know, because I've eaten so much of it. But, uh, but it, look, it's we are in a better position than we were before, and I, I we got to remember. And Neil, I want to toss this over to you. Here's where we stand at this point. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is required to. Allow a no confidence vote with just one member, not five. All bills are required now to have 72 hours advance notice for people to read them. So no more of we're just forcing something on you at the last minute and telling you you have to vote yes. Uh, the bills have to be allowed to be debated now. They're returning to single-subject bills so to make it a way more difficult to shove in a bunch of extra extraneous pork in these various bills. Also, the Republicans are not allowed to interfere in local primary elections. Uh, you ha- you have an increased number of Freedom Caucus members, in other words, the true solid conservatives on the various committees. The debt ceiling is not allowed to be raised now without a-, a plan in place, a 10-year plan to balance the budget. And there's a commitment in writing to investigate things like the Department of Justice, FBI, weaponizing political opponents of the Democrats, the Biden a family corruption issue, Hunter Biden. All of these things are basically required to go forward now. We're not depending upon Kevin McCarthy's good word. He's constrained in these areas. And Kevin McCarthy can always say to the rhinos, hey, look, man, I'm with you. I know they're being extreme, but, you know, come on. You got to still be a Republican. My hands are tied. There's nothing I can do. And so he can always Use them, the 20, as the scapegoat to try to rally the rhinos in. It seems to me, Neil, the 20 have been vindicated because we're in a much better position now with Kevin McCarthy as Speaker than we would have been. He could have gone all Mitch McConnell. He can't do that now. That's a good thing.
2: Well, I can't disagree with most of what you're saying, but I think it's got to play out in real time. Like, we have to see how this actually turns out. I mean, the bottom line is it looks really positive. All that you just indicated and the idea that Kevin McCarthy eventually acquiesced and that he still was elected speaker of the house, um, so all of those are positive signs. And with some of the you know new rules that have been handed down, there's more hope for sanity in the House of Representatives. But you still have rhinos and centrists in the House of Representatives who also have a voice, who also have an opinion that they have to work with in the long run. And the fact is, politics is not pretty. It's ugly. It's dirty. There's backroom deals. Uh, it's more about pragmatism than it is about purism. And I, And I think the bottom line is this has to play out in the future and we have to see where it really goes from here. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, my sense was, and, you know, Roger mentioned the WWE, you know, like, uh, it was Mike Rogers and Matt Gates uh, almost went fisticuffs, like on the floor of the House of Representatives. What I mean, what is happening here? It, it was a circus for a while, and, and it was embarrassing, honestly. So, you know, long term, uh, how does this play out, and where do the egos go from here, and how do people actually learn to cooperate together? What people are willing to do in public... I always wonder how much worse is it behind closed doors like if you see two you know a guy screaming at his wife in public uh, does he beat her behind closed doors i mean it's it's never better in public so if that's what happened in public my question is what is going to happen behind the scenes i want to be hopeful i want to be prayerful that you know there's there's hope for more conservative agenda moving forward, but you've still got uh, a messed up Senate to deal with. Of course, uh, Democrats have control there, and you've got a Democrat-controlled White House, so they can throw in a few speed bumps along the way, and I think they can slow down some things. They can can, uh, force votes that put people on the record on various issues. I think all of this is really good down the road, but How it really is going to play out, especially because uh, Kevin McCarthy also has to answer to the centrists and the rhinos. He's got to bring them on board somehow. I think it's going to get ugly in the long run, and I don't think it's going to be um, the pie in the sky that we're all hoping for right now.
1: Yeah. By the way, can I just say on a side note— Roger Marsh is a marketing genius. Can I just say this, okay? Roger is a marketing genius. He comes up with the name of his show that is a name that everybody says on a regular basis, hey, you know what the bottom line is? The bottom line, and Roger's sitting there basically getting unearned press on a regular basis, getting the name of his show said, I uh, it just not I, I, I would love it if it were woven into the vernacular of America that people go well, you know the bottom uh, uh, the uh, the Bob duco show tells me that No. not uh, <laughs> John, nobody's out there going, well hey you know what you're right because rush reason says that this has got to be so uh, kudos to Roger for getting everybody to say the title of your show over and over and over again. I do it myself everybody know it
4: was the best thing we could come up with in about the five seconds that Mr. Crawford said so what's the show called? so uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I knew I knew I should have named my show. That begs the question. Yeah, so <laughs> just something that everybody says. New uh, John John Rush, of course, Rush to reason. So there is one area though that time will have to tell whether this does backfire maybe on the twenty after all, and that is the response of the rhinos because if it does end up being a case. Where the rhinos and the Republican Party fold their arms and say no, forget it. Now we are defiantly blocking any kind of bills going forward. If they become the obstructionists within the Republican Party because they're too angry that the party has shifted farther to the right, and and they end up voting no on a bunch of bills or siding with the Democrats, and we can't reel them in, then it ends up proving proving a, a backfiring bad strategy. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Rhinos, by definition, tend to be compromisers, so they'll compromise with the Democrats. But I also see them holding their nose and compromising with the right wing of the party, too.
3: Well, we already defunded 87,000 IRS agents, so what does that tell you?
1: You know, I talking, I, you know what? Th- that is very true. You're right. And that went through unanimously, even though it, it's it's symbolic. It's not going to ha- go anywhere in the Senate, we know. But, but still, to. yeah.
3: It, it's uh, a funding issue. It doesn't have to.
1: Yeah, well, Biden's not going to sign it.
3: True, but it doesn't need to go to the Senate.
1: Yeah, okay, but Biden's
3: not going to sign it. But but it is still so. So there's a, there's a question that I don't know that I have an answer to. Maybe you do. Does he have to? Given that it's just a funding bill,
1: I think so. I I, I could be wrong, but my understanding See, is I he, don't
3: know that he has to. Uh
1: no, 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 wait, 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 wait. But hold on a second. I, I think we both. Are off on our constitution here. I think it does still have to go to the Senate. The Constitution says that funding originates in the House of Representatives, okay? But it still goes to the Senate, and then you have an agreed upon funding bill that then goes to the President. So funding is not allowed to originate in the Senate, but it has to go through the Senate. Okay. And it certainly has to go to Biden. So it. I, I, it's
3: not really funding; it's defunding. Right. I know that, but it, but it's it's does that, changing. Does that change anything?
1: Well, it is because what they're doing is they're taking the uh, – they're deciding how the money is going to be spent. And if they're pulling back funding from that, that funding has got to go somewhere. Is it, is it going to be reallocated to a different area? Because remember, this is funding that's already been approved. Correct. It's Since it's, it's already been approved. Bills. Yeah, so they're now changing the spending bill. They're basically changing a law. This infrastructure – This inflation reduction act which my eye twitches even saying those words oh, I know. I know. this inflation reduction act is in fact a law so what the republicans did are they are they are attempting to change the law by changing the funding that goes into that law yeah that's got to go through the senate and through biden so, hey, Bob,
2: uh, Joe Biden just called. He said, take the amount, divide it in half, send some to Ukraine and the rest to China. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, there
4: go. Yeah, good one, Neil.
1: There you go. Exactly. Well, uh, if, if
4: they do wind up with this, I mean, it's going to go to, the, it originates in the House. It's got to go to the Senate. It's got to go to Biden's desk. He potentially has the, poten- uh, he's got the opportunity to do something right with it and proper with it. If he does what they call budget reconciliation, where the money's already been allocated and they just kind of push it into something else, he may be able to buy off some of his own supplies reporters and sign this thing and keep the Republican majority happy, satisfied, whatever. Because quite frankly, nobody wants 87,000 new IRS agents. We want the IRS to do their job properly. Speaking as a taxpaying citizen who he and his wife just finally got their refund last week, by the way, with no mm. explanation from the Internal Revenue Service other than, wow. sorry, we were backed up um, and we filed in March. Wow. So we've waited nearly a year. For our, our income tax refund and I know there were 4.7 million other people who just got mm. slow walked because we don't have enough agents. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no Absolutely
1: applies. ridiculous. No, you're so right. Oh where oh where does the time go? Uh, as we wind down this podcast today we do want to remind everybody don't stop thinking about pre-born. Don't stop giving. If you, if you haven't given already we need you to do that now. $280 stops 10 abortions through preborn. So you can go to crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the preborn tab, give right there. Don't forget, everything you give goes to funding ultrasounds, okay? Nothing goes to overhead. So $280, the average cost to save 10 babies' lives. Would you consider doing that right now? CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab. And if you want to give over the phone, you can call them right now, 833-850-BABY. And the answer to the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So 833 850 baby. We appreciate you folks doing that. And we always appreciate you folks listening to us here on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. You can listen to past episodes by going to crawfordmediagroup.net or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We welcome your five-star reviews. We thank you for those that have been giving those. Thank you. You can also watch video of all of us at my hope now. Dot com. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of the bottom line. The bottom line, Roger Marsh hosts the bottom line out of the People's <laughs> Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. We'll probably know more next week, hopefully, about what's happening with uh, with the classified documents. And of course, as we come up on the anniversary of the now defunct Roe v. Wade, we'll certainly be talking abortion related issues as well. So good catching up with you guys. See you next week. Have a good week. Thank you, Bob.
0: Thanks,
1: Thank you, guys. you bet. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless.
0: You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.